0: You're listening to The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.TheCellPhoneJunkie.com. Hello and welcome to The Cell Phone Junkie. This is show number 48 And my name is Mickey Paplon. Today I am joined with Joey. How are you today, Joey? I am doing very well this morning, Mickey. Well, it's great to have you on the show. As always, we are up to another questions and comments show at show number 48. Hey, we've got uh, a few new things we want to talk about here real quick before we get going with the show. Uh, First thing I just wanted to mention was that I picked up some new equipment this past week, uh, which is very exciting for me, and I just wanted to kind of tell everybody what I'm using now. I've got a, a brand new uh, professional podcasting microphone. It's the Rode Podcaster, and it is mounted with a, the Rode shock mount to a desktop stand, and I've got a Sterling audio pop filter in front of it. So some pretty, some pretty neat stuff here that will hopefully increase the, the quality of the audio that you're listening to. Uh, real excited about it, just kind of taking the show to the next level, and really being able to kind of put out a show that is a little bit more pleasing to the ears, hopefully. So, uh, Joey, I guess you got a, a couple new things this week as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I've been kind of continuously upgrading my setup here and there, uh, little bits and pieces at a time, you know, just trying to save on costs. But yeah, this week I picked up a uh, shock mount for my microphone as well, and a pop filter as well, so hopefully the uh, sound quality is improved with that. Uh... With those two additions, um, hopefully the banging, you know, when you're adjusting your keyboard and mouse will be cut down. So,
0: Yeah, for those of you who don't know kind of how this works is a shock mount is basically uh, a circular uh, unit that has uh, kind of bungee cord strings on it. And what it does is it it holds the microphone in place. And so when I move the arm around, you can't really hear uh, that something is going on and it, it prevents that shock noise. And the pop filter stops people from being able to hear the, your P's and your, um, your T's and your B's from sounding so harsh. So, And I've actually got that comment on the shows in the past that, uh, the, that there has been that issue. So hopefully this will, will help out, and uh, any feedback that you guys want to give on the, the quality of the audio of the show, too, would be great because uh, it will help us make things better. Absolutely. So the other thing that we wanted to mention is this is show number 48, which is our uh, questions and comments show. One thing that we're going to change going on into the future here is we're going to read the questions and comments that we receive each week on the show. We'll start out and we'll talk about the news and uh, reviews and any questions um, that we have following that information uh, from the, the week that we recorded the show in so that we're a little bit more timely Um, And one thing that we notice, too, is that when we do these shows, we miss quite a bit of information because it just kind of builds up over the course of two weeks then. And then when we finally get to a show after the questions and comments show, it kind of gets to be uh, a little bit longer. Uh, we don't get to spend as much time on the topics. So hopefully this will be th- this will be a better format. And, um, you know, like I said, moving forward, it's kind of a process. We kind of change things as we go. So anyway, we're pretty excited about about that, being able to answer questions a little bit more timely. So just so you know, this will be the last dedicated questions and comments show, at least for a while. Uh, until we see what's going on. But anyway, we'll get right here, get into the questions here right now. And uh, if you have any questions or comments for us, please give us a call at 602-903-4116 or shoot us an email at thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com. So the first voicemail we have here is from Rob in Atlanta.
2: Hello, Mickey, Matt, Joey, and Jerry. You guys are the most alliterative bunch in all of podcasting. Uh, This is Rob in Atlanta. In episode 44, you took a voicemail from someone named Clint from Tallahassee about his data needs, and Matt mentioned that Clint seemed to embody what I call the underserved middle, that sort of user who wants a little bit more than the basic WAP portal but doesn't really need that sort of broadband access that can replace his home connection. And I agree with that. There really doesn't appear to be anything off the shelf, but – there is something of an under-the-radar sort of solution. I use T-Mobile, and I have a dash. I use their T-Mobile web service for $5.99 a month. Now, if you look on uh, Howard Forums or the HTC Wiki, you can find out how to configure Windows Mobile devices to use their WAP portals and that sort of thing. But the the really neat thing about it is that I'm able to get edge speeds and get full web access, and a lot of other stuff as well. Uh, Among the things that I can do on my dash is uh, the Gmail application, the actual Java applet, the Google Maps application. I have mail-to-web push email on the dash, so uh, that's very convenient. And I can even stream audio using TCPMP, Uh, the built-in Windows Media Player doesn't seem to really allow you to do much, but TCPMP is free, and it works very well. As I said, that, that costs uh, 5 dollars a month, and I think that might be a really nice solution for Clint. So I uh, love you guys' show, and hope to keep on listening. Thanks. Bye.
0: Well, thanks very much, Rob, for your comments there that we can pass on to Clint. And as we'll hear later, I've got a, a an email that uh, was sent in, and his name is actually Quint, Q-U-I-N-T. So uh, I apologize for the mistake on the name here uh, from show number 44. But anyway, um, so... So Rob has some interesting information there, Joey, talking about uh, kind of a, a workaround, being able to use the the T-Mobile, uh, I guess it's the T-Zones. Is that that's kind of how I understand that he's doing that and able to use that you know the push email functionality, uh, the web access, edge speeds, all that kind of stuff. Uh, your your wife has got the phone that has the T-Zones on it, right? And and. You've got some sort of access to this, or am I am I off on this one?
1: That's a little off, unfortunately, because he's paying five ninety nine for the 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 plan for the T zones, and uh, that's really good that he's found those workarounds that work for him. And uh, yeah, his comments are very uh, are probably very helpful for a lot of users out there. And um, uh, I think his his uh, comments about using the streaming media and you know the kind of the the user with want, that wants a little bit more than just the basic, basic, but doesn't need the full-fledged data access. I think he's got it uh, right on the money there. So uh, with my wife, her plan is pay-as-you-go. So there is no option to get extended data other than just the free provided by uh, T-Mobile, T-Zone's access.
0: Okay, so it's... So, I mean, we're... At least, it's, at least it's some information that hopefully that, that Quint can use in the future with that. We also received a follow-up email from Rob on that, and uh, he says, I just left you a voicemail about the T-Mobile Dash, and I forgot to mention that the fact it has 802.11 BG wireless l- networking allows me to skimp on the cell-based data. Uh, I get all I need from Edge, and when I want to use a podcatcher, I do it over home Wi-Fi. I like having the phone plugged in when I do that since wireless eats up so much battery life. Any ideas on when there will be an extended battery for the Dash? Uh, thanks, Rob, uh, for your, you know, your voicemail and your follow-up email on that. Um, one place that I found here, that and I don't know much about them, but basically what I, I just wanted to give an option out there, is a place called iPods99.com, and they've got a number of different batteries out there, and one of them is an extended battery for the T-Mobile Dash. Uh, it talks about being a super high-capacity uh, 1050 milliamp lithium, uh, lithium-ion battery that will uh, offer up to 40% more than the original battery. So uh, it looks like at least that may give you an option out there for uh, for a different battery. Uh, But anyway, I appreciate uh, that follow-up as well, because that's a good thing to note, that it does have Wi-Fi on it. And you can use that one when you're in range of a Wi-Fi hotspot. So uh, anything else, uh, any other comments on that one, Joe?
1: Yeah, it seems like less and less phones are coming with Wi-Fi, obviously, because the carriers want that either disabled or left out of the phone, so you're forced to use their data services for the data that you could get through Wi-Fi. So that's kind of uh, neat that they left the Wi-Fi available on that phone.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's real nice. That's one thing that the Dash has uh, been popular for, is being able to not only be the first smartphone that... Uh, uh, smartphone OS that T-Mobile has really had from Windows Mobile but also has Wi-Fi on it which a lot of people have enjoyed especially if they maybe came from their um, uh the MDA the 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 HTC Kjam uh type device
1: so cuz that had Wi-Fi on it as well. Yeah, and it's a lot it's real subjective to a lot of you know each user a lot of users probably have, could care less for Wi-Fi but then there's a you know certain set of users that it's absolutely essential so Mhm.
0: Yep. Well, a question from Gordon. Gordon says, hey, Mickey, about three to four weeks ago, I made the change and got a converged device. I bought a Sprint Motorola Q, and I'm loving it. One of the first things I did was purchase documents to go for the phone. So far, my only complaint is that I can't get my Gmail on the phone. Sprint tells me that I can pay another $15 a month and get mobile email through their personal business email solution package. I've tried to use Outlook on the phone, but it doesn't work. I don't think uh, that would be able... I don't think I would be able to download or view attachments that way anyway, as I am a heavy Gmail user and use it to back up a lot of my files and probably have something around 1,000 emails saved with varying types of attachments. I listened to one of the recent podcasts, and you had mentioned email in your Motorola queue. How do you get your email on your phone? Gmail application doesn't work on the queue, and neither does Gmail's wireless web uh, website work for me at all? I keep getting error messages. Right now, I'm forwarding my Gmail to my Yahoo account so I, at least I can read them on my phone, but I can't get any of the attachments. Do you have any suggestions? Well, Gordon, I will tell you kind of go through what I use and how I use it. You know, it's interesting to me that you're having issues with it at all. And I have done a number of different ways to get. The, uh, to get the Gmail on my phone. First and foremost, I use an exchange server for my work email, so I use the ActiveSync to keep all that email uh, up to date. So that's not really an issue. But for my personal account, I do use Gmail, and there are multiple ways that I can access it. I just, for kicks, tried to use the, the Outlook on the phone and set up another account, and really didn't have any problems with it. There are a few different things that you have to know when setting up a Gmail account on your phone. First and foremost, is that it uh, it requires different settings. And in fact, I will post a link that will explain to you uh, what I'm talking about here. It's like mail.gmail.com, or excuse me, pop.gmail.com uh, colon nine ninety five, and then it's uh, smtp.gmail.com colon. I think it's four forty three. If I'm I'm uh, just thinking off the top of my head here. Um, but one issue that you'll find when you do that with Gmail is that when it pulls down your email, it will only sit in your inbox until you read it. And once you read it uh, and then it does another synchronization, it goes away. Well, there's a workaround to this and that is by adding the word recent in front of your username. And when you do that, it keeps all your email then on your phone. Another interesting thing to note when you use Outlook um, on the phone with Gmail is it it pulls down all of your sent items as well. And the reason that it does that is Gmail doesn't have a dedicated uh, inbox and sent items box. It's all kind of in the same area and that's for archiving purposes. So you can, you can go in there and it, it you know, how Gmail does where they have your your message and then um, maybe the message that the person replied to you and then your sent message, and it puts it all together in a thread, and it does that by keeping it all basically in a list. And so when you're using a pop access, it really is is a little bit uh, interesting to see, you know, all your sent emails coming down as well. So um, as far as the, the web access, m.gmail.com is the the address that I work and it works just fine for me where I can pull up all my emails and it's a small, uh, phone based applet basically that, uh, it's not an applet, it's a website, but it's, it's for specifically made for the phone. So you can look at all of your email without seeing all the other junk that you see on, on Gmail. So that works pretty well. Uh, Joey, you've got a, uh, your, your Palm, uh, phone, you use Gmail as well. How
1: are you getting your Gmail on your phone? well i've actually recently discovered um, an interesting compatibility problem that uh, I did not know was happening um I use the sprint provided for n web um, mini browser on the palm OS and I'm using a proxy server on it that goes through a, uh, a sprint proxy which happened to be down I don't know about a month ago for a weekend and with that when that server was down i could no longer access my gmail account or any other website and uh going to the um uh, smart smart pda phone website forum they had a different proxy server that i so i tried that proxy server works great tried gmail on that proxy server didn't work it said i didn't have xhtml support available and i thought huh that's strange this browser hasn't changed the proxy server changed And I discovered that the proxy server I had been using, uh, the default one, was actually translating the XHTML to the WAP support for this browser. So using the other proxy server, the one that was working at the time, in order to look at my Gmail, I had to load up the full Gmail HTML version. And that was just horrifically slow in comparison. So I thought that was kind of an interesting... uh, kind of back inside to the way I access the Gmail in my phone. But, um, yeah, definitely do a Google search uh, if the links don't work for you that Mickey provides in the show notes because there are quite a few um, little tutorials on how to set up your smartphone to uh, access Gmail.
0: Well, and and we found a link here. It's actually pop.gmail.com colon nine ninety five, and then smtp.gmail.com colon four sixty five is for the incoming and outgoing mail. But when you when you go through the automatic setup of a of the email on the queue, it should pull down that information as far as the the incoming and outgoing mail settings. So you should not have a problem with that. I've also tried, and I'm, that's actually the way I'm doing it right now with my new. Home uh, Trio 700 WX is I forward all my Gmail to um, my account that does the push email on it, and I actually filter it th- to another folder there. Now, the good thing about that is, is it's automatically pushed out to my phone, and I can see it on my phone whenever I want. I don't have to have scheduled syncs. But the bad thing is, is that in order to reply, I still have to go back on to the website, uh, the m.gmail.com, to to pull down, and or excuse me, to reply to the email. So now there's another thing, and actually Rob mentioned this in his uh, comment, was the Gmail application. The Gmail application is a Java-based application that's out there that works on phones like the Razer, a bunch of LG phones, any of the phones that support Java. Uh, The way to do this on the queue is you have to install uh, the, I guess a, a Java applet or some, I, I don't, I have not tried it, so I can't tell you from experience, but there is a way to do it. I, I know it's not quite as intuitive as some of the, these other ways that we're talking about, but you can install uh Java on your phone and then install the Gmail applet and kind of go from there. So, but like I said, that's, that's probably the last thing that, sh- that you want to do. I, I would hope that you would be able to use uh, either the m.gmail.com website or use Outlook. I've honestly had no problems with it, but um, that's that's interesting. And um, So if you have any follow-up questions, uh, Gordon, please let us know because we'll make sure to to look into them a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and you could definitely do some Google searches on the Java applet too. So the, there's probably a lot of users who have got it working, but it may be a little more fussier than just using the uh, the pop access.
0: Yeah, and I'll just throw it out there, too. One of the best resources for any of the Motorola Q users out there, I was a moderator over there for a while, and just a fantastic community, is QUsers.com. The site admin over there is Cord. He's a fantastic guy, runs a great site, uh, always up-to-date news, Uh, lots of reviews on the new stuff that's coming out there as far as software and stuff for the Qs. So QUsers.com is a great resource for you as well. I uh, wanted to follow up here with a voicemail that I received that we're not going to play on the show because it was, it was a little intelligible, uh, but I believe it was from Matt. And what Matt uh, was saying was something to the effect of he had uh, posted... Something about the cell phone junkie over at SprintUsers.com, and Matt, if you could either shoot me an email or send me another voicemail on what exactly you were you were saying there that we could we could do over at SprintUsers.com or what the cell phone junkie was doing over at SprintUsers.com. I tried doing some searching over there and was unsuccessful, so uh, I don't I, I don't know what else I can tell you right now other than um, I I couldn't understand your voicemail, so please uh, get back to us on that uh, from. Uh, Clint last week, or is actually his name is Quint. Um, he says, I'm familiar with T-Mobile service in Tallahassee since I have T-Mobile's to-go prepaid service. Uh, the service is okay, but I get garbled calls sometimes when I'm at home. T-Mobile service is constantly improving all over the city. I love the voice service I'm getting with Verizon, um, and I have no plans to leave them as I get crystal clear calls all the time. I'll probably spring for a T-Mobile sidekick or prepaid uh prepaid, or sign a one-year contract in the future for data only. I logged into my account on the Verizon Wireless website and saw the data options available um, if I bought a smartphone. The options that are available are $25 for 10 megabytes or $45 for unlimited data. Although it's likely I'll be getting a sidekick, I'm wondering whether the 10 megabytes is enough for internet and email alone or should I get the unlimited option if I peruse the Verizon uh, Wireless option. Thanks, Thanks. For the advice and suggestions. Um, Again, I'm sorry I got your name wrong there. That's uh, my fault. I should have listened a little bit more closely to your your voicemail last time. But um, to answer your question on whether 10 megabytes is enough or not, um, my initial thought is going to be no. However, uh, based on what your usage may or may be, it it may. So my comment to you is 10 megabytes is about 5% of my average monthly usage. I usually go through on average about 200 megabytes of data. And that's really mostly email and web surfing. I do a little bit of streaming on it, but, but not a lot. However, if you keep your email to text only, uh, don't do attachments on it and don't do a lot of websites, you can make it work for you. Um, the best thing that I would recommend for you is to add on that unlimited plan onto your account and spend a month just kind of seeing what you do and just use it like the way that you would normally use it if you only had a 10 megabyte plan and just kind of see where you sit at the end of the month. Because worst case scenario, you can at the end of that month, you can take a look at your usage and you can switch back to the $25 option. And then you're not going to have to pay for a whole bunch of uh, data that you've maybe gone over that 10 megabyte limit. Um, I would probably say that you're going to go over the 10 megabytes. The EVDO, EVDO connections uh, that are out there right now are very, very fast. It's very easy to pull down 10 megabytes of data in, in a day or maybe a couple of days if you're not you know, paying a lot of attention uh, to and being diligent on what you're using. So kind of like drinking from a fire hose is the example I used before. Uh, you, it's, it's just there, and it's so, uh, so quick and so readily available, you just don't even realize
1: how much data you're going through. Yeah, it's it the data access, it's so easy to go over 10 megabytes. It's not even even on my phone where all I can just view are really low res pictures and just, you know, the the mini browser, the web browser, I can go over that data just no problem. So, just be careful, yeah.
0: I like I like I was saying I, I would not recommend at least starting out with 10 megabytes. Just start out with the unlimited let's say you only use 8 megabytes in that month you saved yourself at least in my mind um you know the peace of mind of knowing that you did not go over that limit and you can switch back you know to a $20 a month cheaper plan but from experience i'm telling you i i go through like i said about 200 megabytes a month so it's uh i yeah <laughs> just keep that in mind next is a question here from Jerry everyone knows Jerry he's been on the show with us multiple times and his question is Hey guys, uh, as you well know, I'm absolutely enjoying my Palm Trio 750 and its ability to use Singular's 3G network. The 750, as of this moment, natively supports UMTS, without hacking, and will support full HSDPA as soon as Palm distributes the upcoming Windows Mobile 6 upgrade. However, my question is not about the device and its ability, but rather that of the network that provides the service, which is AT&T. Right now at my home, I can only pick up an edge connection. However, if I travel about five minutes away, I begin to pick up UMTS again. I'm curious as to why this is. uh, If the network hardware allows me to pick up an edge signal at my home, why then can I not pick up UMTS? Wouldn't the same hardware that provides my edge signal be capable of sending out the UMTS signals? What would need to happen to expand out the UMTS coverage? Can it be a singular ATV? Can it be that singular AT&T has leveraged the old AT&T wireless towers to provide UMTS signal and that particular network doesn't reach to my home area? Um, One thing that I will say uh, with that, Jerry, is number one, Edge or uh, E-GPRS, going back to the old GPRS days, which was the the data side of the GSM signal. Um, They added on an enhanced version of that, and that's where Edge comes from the The UMTS or new newer HSDPA are based off of a technology called WCDMA, which is a CDMA derivative that is obviously third generation to provide those higher speeds what you're actually seeing there in your palm are two different radios you've got one that supports your your voice calls and one that supports your data um, calls. And and that's the reason why what you can do on that phone is make a phone call and then hop online and surf the internet at the same time, because you're actually using two different radios transmitting uh, on different frequency bands. If we take a look at what UMTS actually is, what we'll see is a, a separate, basically, service or a separate uh, signal that's being sent out by the tower. And here in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken it's on the 1700 megahertz uh band for uh for that data so while your phone's either transmitting and receiving your voice calls on 1900 or 850 your data is going back and forth on that 1700 band what this means is your tower that you're sitting there on at your house does not have that new software that's on it yet that sends out the new signal Um, It's not that they can't do it. It's that they just haven't done it yet. I would say that at some point in the near future, you're not only going to see UMTS on your service there, because I know you live in the New York metro area, but you're going to probably see the HSDPA full upgrade onto it. So I would say kind of hang tight. You're not going to probably, you know, unfortunately you're not going to want to have to use the edge speeds while you're at home, but you kind of have to for the time being. And as they kind of upgrade their system and get to where they want to be, they're going to be rolling out more and more cities and you're going to be able to have that full HSDPA coverage everywhere. Um, but just remember that it is it is stuff on the provider side. There's not a whole lot that you can do about it. It's not like a a more upgraded phone like a Blackjack is going to give. You're still going to get the lower edge speeds at home with that phone.
1: Yeah, you're just going to have to tell them to go upgrade that tower that's uh, that you're getting service off of your house. Or you know, I suppose you could get uh, uh, maybe a, a Pico cell or something that's that's compliant with U UMTS. You could. Uh... Angle it towards the tower that does have it. Maybe you could get the service then.
0: Yeah, and and really, you're what you're looking at is is a, is a technology shift. You're going from a GSM based data, which is based off of TDMA, as we know, to a CDMA based data, which is very incompatible uh, with GSM. So that's why you have the two radios. And there's a great website here that I'm going to put in, and it's it's not really a, just a great website' it's, it's Wikipedia and uh, look for UMTS and this will tell you all sorts of stuff about how this how this operates uh, and basically the interoperabilities, um, how global roaming works with the UMTS bands and stuff like that So some great information uh, that you can read about there but uh, just for the time being know that now this it's not just a, a flip of a switch for them it's it's a pretty major um, software upgrade if I had to guess maybe even hardware on their end. Yeah. Comment here from Joseph. And Joseph is going back on our comments that we were talking about last week with the different phone numbers that you can call from the different providers. And the first one, or one of the ones that we talked about, was T-Mobile. Well, Joseph here kind of gives us some clarity on what some of these numbers mean. Uh, The pound 646 pound, which is uh, pound M-I-N pound for T-Mobile, is for the monthly uh, build. T-Mobile customers, and uh, that's how you get your minute usage for them. Pound 999 pound is for prepaid balances for the T-Mobile to go plan. So that's just a a quick clarification there. Also, he said skipping outgoing messages, as you noted, is pound for T-Mobile. This is uh, the most common key press, as as for which key is used to skip messages that's entirely programmable. AT&T used to have the star as the skip key. They later changed it to the pound key. It, like me, it likely may be different by market. Um, you may be interested in looking at a wiki here that I've contributed to over at Howard Forums, which is t com. which, Joey, you said when you were doing the purchasing of your wife's phone and service, you spent a lot of time over there searching.
1: Absolutely. There's a ton of great information over there about T-Mobile and uh, all the little nooks and crannies of service. So definitely check it out.
0: Well, Alan here presented us with a great story here that it just really kind of made me laugh. And I, I guess he must have been listening to one of the last shows when I talked about the fact that I got rid of my uh, Motorola Q. Uh, it's a story here from the Chicago Tribune and talks about um, a legislator looking at a cell phone lemon law, And I, I'll just read the first couple of paragraphs here from it because it, it really is kind of funny. Uh, it says, The first time her new Motorola Q phone went on the fridge... Fritz, she thought it was just a fluke. When her phone had to be replaced a second time, she got frustrated. When it malfunctioned a third time, Representative Susana um, Mendoza was fed up. I thought it was something that I thought something had to be done about this. Then I thought, wait, I can do something about this, said Mendoza, a Chicago Democrat who is sponsoring legislation to create a cell phone lemon law. The proposal would allow the state's 8.5 million wireless customers to cancel their contracts without paying early termination fees if a phone must be replaced or repaired at least three times within a contract period. So what kind of made me chuckle about this one is I went through six Motorola cues, and even at the sixth one, there really was no resolution that the customer support was giving to me. And I, I really, I think I mentioned on the last show, I have to tip my hat off to Patrick, uh, the retail store manager of the Verizon wireless store that I went to, because he really took care of me. He made me realize what customer service was and what Verizon, that Verizon really does care about their customers. So that was, that was great. But the Lemon Law here that they're talking about really I, I, I can see it. I really understand where they're going with this because when you have someone who's gone through, you know, two, maybe one one phone, two phones, it's kind of you know going okay. Well, that's just something that happens. But when you get to a third phone, you got to figure out that there's just something wrong with that phone. Either that or your usage of that phone may not be right. You know, and I went through six. And you know, I'm a very patient person. You know, I when I spoke to the people on the phone, I just said, look, I just want to get it fixed. You know, I'm certain that this next one will work. And it didn't. And then I called back and I said, "Okay, well, let's, you know, let's figure this one out. Send me another one. I'll try it. No problem. You know, that one will be fine." No. So uh, I would definitely have been a part of this. I would not have canceled my my service. I love the Verizon service that I that I received, But it would have been probably a little bit easier to to get a different phone than having to go through the channels that I did. So um, something that uh, you know just happens to people. But uh, you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, other than just kind of you know take the time, be patient, and, and work through it
1: yeah the the lemon law I kind of don't think this will get passed um, i don't know if because there's so much lobbying by the wireless industries because they do have so much power but you know it's it's really tough because like in your situation, Mickey if you'd have kept calling customer service, you'd have gotten the same you know response over and over and over again, but you find a good manager that will really help you out. it makes all the difference and now your opinion of Verizon is just that much better but on the same, on the the other other side of it, you did have a huge inconvenience by this. So you know, it's it's a balancing act for sure.
0: Yeah, and and you're right. It, we may not see this come to fruition, but at the same time, if someone is looking to p- try and get something passed, and you know, especially when a legislator has this type of experience. Uh, they're gonna go at it with full strength. You know, they're gonna do whatever they want to do to get this passed, and they'll lobby and and do all those sorts of things. So I, I will be interested to see what happens. And and of course, if if something like that does happen, we'll obviously talk to you about it here. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that works. Yeah, Sling Media. Well, not actually Sling Media, but the Slingbox is something that a lot of people love to use. And one question that uh, John has is, is the iPhone going to be able to use the Slingbox? And what I can tell you here is Sling Media wants to offer support for the iPhone. Uh, in a, an article here, or excuse me, just a quote here that came out back in mid-April, CEO uh, of Sling Media, Blake uh, Kirokian, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, said, I think the question uh, for them is going to be how are they going to phase the iPhone out? Uh, there has been some talk about whether it's going to be a closed device or open, and whether they'll phase it out. So I think it's going to be up to them to see when streaming might be available, but I cannot comment anymore on that yet. Um, one thing that I can tell you here is that Sling Media already has a client that works for Mac OS, so you probably would be able to f- you know, do some editing to that to get it to work on uh, the iPhone. However, no one has the iPhone out yet. And so there's not a whole lot you can do to do any testing on it. So, but my thought is, yeah, it's only got edge speeds, but guess what? Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, you're able to use the Slingbox absolutely no problems. In fact, I I love using my Slingbox. Um, I use it pretty much every single day. I use it on, I have an HP Pocket PC that I use it um, over Wi-Fi and it works Flawlessly, very crystal clear pictures, no dropouts. I mean, just the perfect uh, Internet TV experience. So I am hoping that they're going to have it for the iPhone because I think people would really love to have it on that nice big screen, especially when you can flip it landscape. You know, maybe see uh, see some videos there with the with the widescreen like that, like the TV is made to be watched. So nothing really out there that's concrete. You know, unfortunately, I I don't have anything that I can tell you about that, John, but I'm hoping to hear, I'm hoping to see something in the next few months. I mean, we're coming down here on probably less than two months before we see an iPhone come out, so that's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, the iPhone and the Slingbox, you'll see probably some port coming for that, but obviously, since the device is not out yet, uh, it, it is all speculation at this point, but if there's enough users for Slingbox and Slingbox themselves is willing to port it over, and Apple's uh, willing to work with them, of course you're going to see it on there. So, I uh, and uh, obviously if the processor is you know capable of it, which I'm sure it will be, and you know the technical issues aside, but uh, I, I would I would uh, I would be pretty sure you'll see something like that probably by the end of the year. It probably won't be near the launch, but probably December time frame is would be probably a more of a realistic time for that.
0: I think a lot of people are going to be looking for all different types of software that they're currently using on their Windows mobile devices that they want to get transitioned over to an iPhone. And you bring up a good point. It may not be right away. And I, I wonder how many people are going to be willing to wait for the software packages that they use on a daily basis. You know, you're know, you not looking at a device that's going to be business-oriented, at least initially, I don't think you're going to be able to pull up Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, stuff like that right away, at least from the information I've read. And that's not their goal. I mean, they're looking at a multimedia uh, portable player. So you can listen to music. You can watch your videos. You can even surf the web at pretty fast speeds with the Wi-Fi on it. But it's got email, but it's not got some of the support that I think people are going to be looking for. But knowing Apple, they'll come out with some sort of suite of applications, and just as as was mentioned, in fact, in this last week, and we don't we didn't talk about it, but in their conference call this week, where they announced their earnings and the fact that they're making millions and millions of dollars, and that the the Mac uh, or the Apple computers are doing really well, they're saying they're going to be dedicated to announcing and releasing software for the iPhone. So. But it's just a matter of time. When is it going to be out? Is it going to be out in time for the launch or maybe immediately after it where people are okay with it? Where they can say, yeah, I don't need to be able to read Word documents right now. I can wait a couple of months to be able to do that. But at some point, it's going to be a balancing act where Windows Mobile lets me do this. The iPhone lets me do this. Which one is going to work best for me? So, And I'm sure a lot of people carry two devices for a while. Um, you know, I have no plans on buying an iPhone, but you never know. I may see it and just say, "Yeah, I need to get one of those. <laughs> I need to use one of those for a while, uh, and kind of see where it goes." But I mean, this is it's it's a huge thing, and I'll, people, you know, will complain that we talk about it a lot, but it is one of the most breakthrough cell phone devices or cell phones that's going to be out there for you know the next year, and a lot of people are talking about it. So I, other than that, or going with that note, um, you know, the Slingbox and the iPhone maybe <laughs> no concrete
1: evidence, just a maybe now apple's uh strategy here is is to to make not a phone that does everything for everybody um and they're doing that for all of their their equipment you know the ipod is not an mp3 playing device for everyone uh i mean especially when it came out i mean its support was so limited only the macintosh only had firewire uh still doesn't have radio in um, a lot of people, including myself that's that's an essential feature. Um, I mean, I like listening to uh, public radio and some other you know r- FM morning shows sometimes, and not having the FM radio would just make that device just worthless to me and And I've never looked at an iPod because of that, but they've you know slowly increased their feature set to include USB, to include Windows support, to include video support and they're and they're making all these, you know, changes to be rock solid and very user friendly. And they've done that with their their Apple Macintosh lines of computers and they're just gaining more and more traction. You know, instead of releasing a device that does everything that claims the feature list that goes on for miles and miles long, but everything's poorly implemented, poorly done, not user friendly, you're just you're just digging your own grave as far as the device and the even the maker is concerned. So be patient uh, with, you know, if you're really a diehard and you really like the iPhone, it will take some time for it to get the software that you want out on it. And it may never get it, either, because they want to make this a great media player, as you said, Mickey, and it may not do much else than that for quite some time.
0: Patience is going to be a virtue on this thing, I believe. Yeah. I really do. Well, that's the content for this week, so I don't have any other... Comments or questions that I can read, and which is kind of sad. So, again, I'm going to ask that if you guys have anything that you want to hear us talk about or have any questions answered for you, that's what we'd like to do. That's that's probably, we will we'll forego some news stories to answer questions and help people out. The cell phone junkie at gmail.com is the email address, and the phone number is 602 903 4116. Leave us a message, and we'll be uh, sure to get it on the show uh, whenever we get a chance. So, well, next week, we're hoping to be able to find a time for a show. I'm going to be out in the L.A. area and uh, doing some traveling here for uh, for my, with my family. Um, but we're hoping to get out 49, and then we're up to show 50. It's amazing how quickly these shows go. But uh, like I said, again, we will be changing the format a little bit, get the, the comments and questions on the show uh, in the week that they're presented to us to kind of give them more timely feedback for that. So... Anyway, I appreciate you, Joey, very much for being on the show with us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And until next week, take care.